0: Best episode of The Chosen so far is this episode. So, can I talk about that for a second? No, we're done wanna, talking. I wanna, I wanna, we're I done talking. No talking. Show's over.
1: Nothing else. Shut it up. I'm ready for you to say... Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rotten or Righteous.
0: I'm not going to do that. Never do yeah. that. You're so stupid. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I'm so mean to you, and I don't know why. You're such you a beauty. such a- a punk. You're such a beautiful person. I don't yeah, want to I don't be mean to you. It would be like being mean to harambi after he got shot. Yeah, I'm being on the inside. You remember Harambi?
1: No, I don't.
0: The Is that a gorilla? Yeah, it was a gorilla yeah. that got shot at the Cincinnati Zoo because it's because a little kid fell into the enclosure with him and then everybody got mad that they shot the gorilla and yeah. to this to this day I still don't side with the gorilla. Like what did you what do you want him to do? Maul the kid? Is that was that the uh
1: Which is what would have happened.
0: I mean, yeah. Harambi deserved to die.
1: He just wanted to pet him on the head a little bit and walk him around and throw him up in the air and right. say, "wee,"
0: And peel him like a banana. Hello and welcome back to Riot and Righteous, the only podcast that wants to remind you that in July two thousand and six, Joe Biden claimed that you cannot go into a Seven Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. He's not joking. With me today, <laughs> Did <say> that? yeah, <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe. And he later he, he later said said that the remark it was meant as a compliment. <laughs>
1: Oh,
0: Joe. Uh, With me today, as always, (laughs) is Scott Judge. And I'm Zach Geiler. And today, we're going to talk about The Chosen, episode 3. The second of our series of reviewing The Chosen, season 3, because episode 1 just disappeared off my computer. I have no idea. Seriously, I have no idea what happened to it. I was really annoyed because yes. I was trying to find it. Cause yeah, going back, I'm glad that I didn't put that out because the first episode was just terrible and I didn't want to endorse it at all. But you know, we did put like an hour and a half of our lives into recording audio for that. Yeah. I-, I feel like, you know, it's all right. It's you, know you know what will be neat? In like 50 years,
1: Jojo will find this and he'll put out the rotten and righteous lost episodes like they did with Bonanza.
0: Now, I will say there have been episodes that I consciously lost. Like there have been episodes that oops, can't use that audio anymore. But that was not the case this time around. This time it was, truly it was accidentally on purpose. Legitimate. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and step into Episode 3 of The Chosen, titled It was titled Physician, Heal Yourself, which is exactly what I tell the doctor anytime he says I need a shot. Give yourself a shot, doctor. I don't want a shot. Episode 3 of The Chosen, Season 3, begins like all good episodes of The Chosen, with a curly-headed boy failing to balance a horse toy on top of a larger horse toy. turns out that this little curly-headed tot is none other than Toddler Jesus. Whereas our brothers to the south call him Jesus. And he was playing with an infant named Lazarus. Hold on a second. Is that is that the Lazarus? Are they implying that from a young age that Jesus and Lazarus play together as, as infants? What in the world is that I guess we'll never know, because here comes theme song. After the opening credits, we see a woman carrying a sheep down a dirt road. Then we see the grown Jesus walking behind her, and he knocks on the door of his mom. It sounds kind of like this.
1: With a little beat to it, huh? Mm
0: -hmm. Jesus Jesus has rhythm. Uh, He knocks on the door of his mom's house, and Mama Mary is just tickled pink to see her son. And she happily tells her son when he's inside, Jesus is like, Hey, uh, where's that brown dog that used to stay by the gate? Her and his mom with a smile just for stretch from ear to ear is like oh that dog's dead I'm like that's a weird facial expression to have while say stating that uh, the town's dog is dead but whatever Mary then offers Jesus some bread with raisins in it when Jesus makes a and f- Jesus makes a face at it because our Lord and Savior loves every person but hates raisins. I don't know the implication of Jesus not liking raisins, or even if there are implications. But That's—it makes you wonder, though. I mean, I'm sure there's some things that he didn't like. But what's not to like about a raisin? You like raisins, Scott? I do. I mean, I don't go yeah. out of my—I don't go out of my way to find a raisin. But if there are some raisins around, you know, can eat a few my, of them. Yeah, they're in my trail mix. I'm not going to throw them away. There's nothing wrong with raisins know what is good though, better than raisins? Like ninety percent of food.
1: <laughs> do you know what do you know what's better than raisins, Zach? Not raisins.
0: <laughs> no, craisins. It's delicious. Craisins are better than raisins. I'd like me some craisins. Those are dried cranberries, for those of you who aren't on the crazin' craze like I am. As they sit down to eat. Jesus asks his mother where his brothers, James and John, were at. And Mama Mary explained that they thought it was best to avoid Jesus to limit any disagreements. That was a pretty good detail. I like that.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's enough of a detail to know that, well, we know that, hey, brothers rejected
0: him. Spoiler alert.
1: Spoiler alert.
0: Mama Mary then asks how his ministry's going, and Jesus is like, oh, "It's going fine, Mom. Jeez, I'm so tired. I don't even want to talk about it. It's <laughs> great. It's fantastic.
1: Jesus doing a Napoleon Dynamite imitation.
0: What? Well, that's how he reacted to his mom's question. She's like, "Ah, oh, Emma, I'm just tired. I want to go to bed." <laughs>
1: Enough already.
0: And then Mama Mary's like, okay, fine. Don't tell me about all of everybody that follows you. Just tell me your, your five favorite followers. And he's like, oh, I don't even have five favorites. I like them all. But then Jesus turns the question around on Mama Mary. And he's like, who's your five favorites? And without missing a beat, she's like, the women. And Simon. Because he pr- could protect you. Those are my least favorites. Not Simon so much, but just, just basically Mary Magdalene. The Maggie. women. No, just basically Mary Magdalene.
1: You have a deep hate for Mary Magdalene that I suspect
0: one day will need therapy. I just hope I never run into the actor in real life. I probably would say some things that she'd be, one, very concerned about because they'd be out of context. And two, I'd probably go to jail. Not for anything violent. I want to make that clear, not for anything violent, just, namely, your basic level harassments. I'm talking about a misdemeanor, maybe one night in jail, pay my bail, little fine, little apology, moving on with my life. I don't
1: know what he was talking about, Your Honor.
0: <laughs> oh, look who it is! It's the hammer. You've been hammering anything, hammer? <laughs> I don't know why I'm drunk when I meet her, but oh. The hate runs deep, folks. The hate runs deep. I don't hate Mary Magdalene. I don't hate anybody. I just don't understand why she has so much attention in this show. But Jesus does appease Mary a little bit by explaining that everybody's doing really well and that all the apostles are out on mission trips and the girls are working with Zebedee on launching an artisanal olive oil business. Hmm. Before going to bed, Mary tells Jesus that Lazarus and his sisters are in town, and and everyone is just real excited to see him all throughout all throughout Nazareth, and Jesus is so happy that quote Laz and his family is so close, and he's going to be able to see his own friends. I don't. It just it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. Every time they shorten people's names
1: yeah from this it, one, it, this one bothered me. I, I don't know why, I guess because of how I look at Lazarus in the Bible and it's probably my own perception of, of who he is and what Jesus did for him, but Laz, it's
0: too much It's too see, much. i I don't care about Lazarus in the Bible in that sense. What bothers me about this is that the store Lazarus, I feel like Lazarus is a business. It's an entity. It's a corporation that exists in the world, and they deserve our respect to say its full name. You heard it here first, folks. You ever shopped at a Lazarus? I haven't. That's that's horrible. What? I don't even know if they're still in business.
1: Not in respect to the Lazarus, the Bible, but of the store.
0: Listen. Yeah, Lazarus Department Store. That's why their headquarters were in Columbus. That's why I've shopped at a Lazarus and apparently nobody else has. And it's been defunct since 2005. Oh my goodness. I'm getting old. Wow. So don't, don't they still have like an online section though? I'm telling you, no. They're just gone. They're defunct. They're gone. Macy's bought them. Macy's ate them. Yes.
1: Is there a Macy's in Columbus?
0: Yeah, there's Macy's everywhere, Scott. There's not one in Pike County. Well, there's not a lot of things in Pike County.
1: Is there a Macy's near your home?
0: I mean, like an hour away.
1: That's pretty close.
0: And that's not like shortening in the names. Thaddeus is Thad. Bad. Zebedee is Z. Z. Mary Magdalene is the hammer. It's dumb. Just just say their names. Simon name...
1: Peter is side P.
0: Yeah, side P. Side P. Ever since I had yeah. the operation, I side P.
1: Andrew Andrew is Anne. Phil is Phi. Philippi is Phi.
0: Hey, do you want to go up? Hey, are you going to go up to the? From Jer to Cap this weekend with Bar and and Barn. It's maybe stop over by man. maybe stop over by Jer. Jer. Sure. Just make sure you don't go up to phone. They don't like us up there. Let's not forget about Nico. Right. It's dumb. Just just stop shortening. There. Just say their names. So Jesus is excited about seeing the Laz family. And then Jesus asks Mama Mary if she knows where quote the box the box if he she knows where the box Zach. if she knows where the box is but he's because he's going to need it and mama mary flat out says um no i haven't seen it but then she asks jesus if he is sure that he needs the box and <laughs> jesus says yes i need the box this is likely the last time i'm going to be home and mary's clearly upset by this news and she asks her son if there's there's any way he can have more time knowing that Jesus' road is going to lead with his death on the cross. And When Jesus says, no, there's no more time, Mary's like, oh, your box is right next to your bed. Hold on just a second, Mama Mary. She, hey, Mary
1: seems to be a little dishonest, doesn't she?
0: I mean, that was a bold-faced lie.
1: Okay, well, we can call it that. I was trying to, you know, well, yeah, it is what it is.
0: Do you know where the, the Do you know where the box is? Oh no, I haven't seen it for months. Um. Oh yeah, it's right oh. by your bed. I mean, what What is what is this? He, he, not only I did Mary lie, in it. but Mary lied to the Son of God, mm. which I imagine is like mm. three, at least three extra sin points.
1: Mm. Preach it, Zach. Preach it.
0: That's gonna be my sermon. Mary lied to the Son of God in a show.
1: Mary lied to the. Son of God. It's not scriptural, but it's you know
0: so after Mary's big lie, Jesus makes his way up to his room, which isn't really a room, but it's just a hayloft
1: <laughs> quick question just, is <laughs> it gonna be the name of the episode for this week? Mary's big lie
0: I don't know maybe I just I, I don't really care about Mary's lie either, almost as much as I don't care about Lazarus right now um what I do care about is that jesus's room is a loft that was built inside of a sheep pen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he walks in the room. There's just two sheep just chilling out in there, doing sheep things. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, Oh, hi, Cain and Abel. And I was like, okay. Good name for sheep. I like <laughs> I, that. Yeah, that was great. That was great. And then he climbs up on the loft and sits on his bed. Now look, sheep are cute. I get it. But man, his room has just got to stink. Yeah. I mean, he's the if he's the oldest. In the family, so he got the good room. If he's sleeping in the hayloft with a bunch of sheep poop, where are James and John staying? Yeah, below the latrine. <laughs> good commentary, Scott. I like this back and forth we got going on tonight. It's going to be a great episode. Well. I'm
1: still back on. I'm still back on Cain and Abel. I can't tell you how much I appreciated that. There are times in the chosen where we see this humor come out. That's just really good, right? And that's one of them. I've never thought about naming two animals, Cain and Abel, but if I ever buy two animals at the same time and they're both males, that's what I'm going to call them from here on out. And I want to see if Cain rises up and kills Abel.
0: Jesus is up in his his sheep pen hayloft and he notices the the box, which he pulls over. And what's inside? Some sort of leather harness. Mm -hmm. He smiles briefly at it and stares off in the middle distance and whispers, Soon. Next scene. The next morning, there's there's a party going on in Nazareth. And I mean, it's a party. There are rabbis dancing. There's men blowing around, or blowing uh, ram's horns all over the place. People are throwing rocks into a pond with each other and playing some catch. It just seems like a great time. And then Lazarus comes cotton, up. What? Cotton, candy, cotton candy machine. There's a clown. There's a blow-up castle in the background. It's just wonderful. It's and then La- and then Lazarus comes up and covers Jesus' eyes with his hands and plays guess who with Jesus, which I feel is not a fun game to play with Jesus. Yeah. I mean, he he's all-knowing. Yeah, he can read man's hearts. It'd be like that would be a terrible game to play with Jesus, guess who. <sighs> Steve, uh, oh, you got me. Is this Bob from the computer lab? Hang on a second. I think my arthritis is gone. <laughs> Steve had arthritis in his fingers and he touched Jesus's eyes mm-hmm. and played guess it. And then arthritis went away. They would appreciate that in some circles of the world, whatever. Uh, so Lazarus is there and uh he, Jesus and him hug and they catch up on old times and there's a really good detail right here but uh Lazarus is like you remember Martha and Mary Martha's very reserved and Mary just has diarrhea of the mouth she just speaks whatever comes mm-hmm. to her mind and both of these personalities come into play later in the the gospels so Already, I'm like, okay, Jenkins, I see you. You've had a weird start to this episode, but I'm starting to see you. And not only that, picking up a little bit. I don't hate this idea that Lazarus was a childhood friend of Jesus who moved to Bethany later on for business. Because that would make sense. Of we we don't know their connection or why Jesus is so close to this family, but if he grew up with them, then it makes sense. So Mm -hmm. I'm all right with that as well. Some liberties have got to be taken that you can't say yes, you can't say no. You just say, baby. After they greet each other, Laz really wants to know if what they're hearing about Jesus is true. Is he, is he hey, gee, uh, are you really doing miracles? Because uh, I know you're making powerful enemies, but I really want to know, are you, uh, are you really doing miracles? In the end, they just want to know who Jesus really is, but they're interrupted by the local rabbi, Benjamin, and his wife. Mm -hmm. And his wife immediately goes on to spread gossip that she's heard about Jesus, that he's becoming a, a popular rabbi and his following was growing, and one terrible rumor that Jesus claimed to be the Messiah. Now, Jesus didn't even have time to make an uncomfortable face at these remarks before Lazarus convinces Rabbi Benjamin to let Jesus speak at the synagogue service that evening. And Rabbi reluctantly agrees, and Jesus and Lazarus go and play competitive catch with some locals. And I gotta tell you, Scott, Jesus' hand-eye coordination is just terrible. It's just terrible. horrible. You know what? At first I was like, I don't know if I like this, but then I was like, you know what? I do like this. (laughs) It makes him look human. Well, right. I mean, he couldn't be great at everything.
1: I know. (laughs)
0: And I mean, if had, you
1: talk about eye-hand coordination, he's got zero he have, ability.
0: He wouldn't have been able to to say that he's came to this earth and experienced all things as men if he was down here, like, yeah. playing playing golf as good as Tiger Woods, basketball as good as LeBron James. If it would actually
1: caught that stone with his left hand.
0: Right. After Jesus loses the game, it's time for synagogue, and the place is packed with people waiting to hear Jesus speak and rabbi benjamin gets up and offers the opening prayers and in the prayer he asks god to send the messiah to them and then a boy toots a horn about 300 times and at last after that after his weird horn solo it's time for jesus to get up and speak jesus walks up to the lectern and he begins to read from isaiah now there's this brief moment again where something really cool happens one of those blink and you miss it kind of of moments because before jesus starts reading he looks at the sky for like a second mm-hmm. and just and just nods. Like Jesus was asking God if this was the right time to do what he was about to do. And he's essentially about to, to out himself as the son of God. And then Jesus reads According
1: to prophecy.
0: Right. And then Jesus reads from Luke four, eighteen through nineteen, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And then he sits down to teach, and he takes a moment, he looks around, and he says, Today is the day that this passage is being fulfilled. The favorable year of the Lord is here. Now, the rabbi wants to know why Jesus stopped reading where he did, because in the, the passages Jesus was speaking, Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2, Jesus stopped reading halfway through the second verse. The second verse continues to promise the day of vengeance of our God. Now, the first century Jews, you got to understand, wrote of under the oppression of the Roman Empire. They wanted to hear about God protecting them and pouring out his vengeance on Rome and, and delivering them from... from a Roman thumb that they were all living under. And so Rabbi is like, why did you stop reading where you did? And Jesus explained, the day of vengeance is in the future. I'm not here for vengeance. I'm here for salvation. And the shock murmur is what heard throughout. What
1: are you saying?
0: Right. And the shock murmurs heard through the crowd as Jesus finishes speaking. And the Rabbi asks Jesus for an explanation. And Jesus responds, you know what I'm saying. Further, I'm not here to liberate you from Rome, but to pay for your spiritual debt. The rabbi's becoming even angrier at that, because Jews are God's chosen people. Clearly, they didn't have spiritual debt. And then people in the crowd want to know if Jesus is really claiming to be something more than just a teacher. Someone greater even than John the Baptizer. Jesus responds by saying, I understand that it's hard to accept someone you've known your whole life and accept that, that that person has greatness in them. And I know that it's easier to accept a difficult truth from a stranger than a friend. But I also know that a prophet is not acceptable in his own hometown. So he's basically saying, yes, I am a prophet. And I know that's hard for you to understand because you you watch me run around and skin my knees and babble and learn how to talk and walk and cry. Not,
1: not catch a rock and play with Laz.
0: Right. But after claiming to be a prophet from God, more murmurs are in the the synagogue. And the rabbi essentially asked Jesus to prove his claims by working signs and wonders. But Jesus refuses, saying... Jesus refuses, and he brings up two stories from the Bible. He says, listen to me. When Elijah was around, there was a terrible famine that lasted years throughout the Jewish kingdom people died in Israel. There were Jewish widows in Israel. But God sent Elijah, not to any one of his chosen people, but instead to a Gentile woman outside of Israel's borders. And when Elijah reached that Gentile woman's house, the prophet told her to make a cake using her last bit of flour and oil. And if she did this, Elijah said, then God would provide more food for her and her child. And she believed what the prophet said. She didn't have a miracle proof right in front of her. She just had the word of God, and she obeyed, and God multiplied her food forever. Then Jesus goes on to talk about Naaman and Elisha. Naaman was a Gentile leper from Syria, and he too was, was healed by God. But not a single Jew was healed from leprosy by Elisha. Why? Because Naaman went to Elisha and asked Elisha to help. He had faith that Elisha could heal. He's never seen a miracle, but he had faith that Elisha would be able to help him. After bringing up these two points, Jesus then says, and I quote, You may be the chosen seed of Abraham. You may be the people of the covenants, but that will not bring you my salvation. If you cannot accept that you are spiritually poor and captive, in the same way that the Gentile woman and the Syrian leper recognized their need, if you do not realize that you need a year of the Lord's favor, then I cannot save you. They heard the testimony about him, but they still weren't willing to believe who he is. So no, he's not going to perform more signs for
1: him. I was just going to say, and he dropped the mic.
0: No, he didn't drop the mic this yet. kind of what it was. But he drops the mic twice here in just a 2nd Mm-hmm. Now, people are visibly irate at this point. And Rabbi Benjamin asks Jesus, Do you claim to be the Messiah? Or are you just claiming to be a prophet from God? How does Jesus respond? Yes. Mm -hmm. Boom. That's the mic drop, Scott. That's mic drop number one. I love that. Do you claim to Mm -hmm. be the Messiah? Or are you claiming to be a prophet? Yep. Both. Both. And immediately, the rabbi denounces him as a false prophet, which is a, a death sentence. And the crowd devolves into an angry mob. They want to kill Jesus. But Rabbi Benjamin gives Jesus one more chance to take back what he said. But if he doesn't, then they will have no choice but to follow the law of Moses. And what does Jesus do? He takes a step towards the rabbi. So they're like two inches apart from each other. And he picks up the mic that he just dropped. And says, I am the law of Moses. And then drops it again. Double boom. That was huge. At this point. I am the law of Moses. That was great. At this point, my arms are broken out in chills. And I'm literally in my chair going, yes! Woo! I don't know why. I was like, it was like watching the Ohio State beat Michigan. It just got me all amped up. I'm like, yeah! Man, this show could be so good when mm-hmm. when it does this. So and you were more like,
1: amped up than you've been in three
0: years. Listen, if you go back and read Luke 4, just mm-hmm. read it. And then Spend go back time and watch, in it this weekend. And then go back and rewatch that episode. Yeah. It's almost perfect. Jumps right okay. off the page. Nothing extra is added. There's no Mary Magdalene in the background selling olive oil. There's no silly side, you know, stories. And it's perfect. The way they preach this sermon... Made me understand it better than any other sermon I've heard on this verse in my life, mm-hmm. and it was great.
1: Now, let me ask you a quick question. He, the one thing, the one thing that's actually not in Scripture is he didn't he didn't say in Scripture that I am the law of Moses, though, right? No, I pulled that out and I'm looking at it real quick. That's the one thing that he actually didn't say in Scripture, but everything else. But
0: even is but even accurate. then extremely accurate. But even then it's not adding to the scripture because John one tells oh, us no, that in the end beginning was the word and the word yeah. was with God and the word was God and Jesus was the word. He was the law of Moses. He mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. so I, I even mm-hmm. that I don't think is adding to the scripture. I think it's just a way to backtrack and bring in mm-hmm. this idea that Jesus is the embodiment yeah. and of the is, law of the prophets.
1: This was uh, it was certainly refreshing because what he said, what he spoke, the, the scroll. I mean, you know, Zach, you mentioned that he, right before he started to read, he looked off and kind of shook his head, you know, and then he came back down to the scroll to sort of see that, you know, and they had the scroll right, too. I mean, right. it was big, like the scrolls would have been. They did a real good job. On this, and then, and then, of course, you're going to get into it in just a second, but then how that turns out, yeah. uh, which, which we we studied about this in Sunday, at, uh, Bible class, actually. Well, don't and, talk and, you know, we if you're going to gonna that, talk
0: about him going through the people, don't, don't talk about it just yet. I'll say, okay, it.
1: yeah, let's save it, let's save it. So,
0: but I do want to go yeah, back.
1: So, so go ahead. I was go ahead. just going to also say, you know, Jesus, Jesus speaks. A couple things that's just can't be swallowed by the Jews. Number one, they're calling him a false prophet when he's answering, he's saying, "Yes, I am, I am a prophet and I am a Messiah." But then to talk about these, and I hate to call them the dirty Gentiles, but the dirty Gentiles, how they're going to receive what they think the Jews, quote unquote, right. should only come to them. And boy, boy that's not only that is he really not only is turned he doing them
0: But not only is he pointing out that the Gentiles are going to receive it, but he's pointing out that the Gentiles have always received.
1: always, And they've always believed it, yes.
0: More than the Jews did. Mm -hmm. Back in Elijah's time, why wasn't Elijah sent to any Jewish woman? Because there was no believers during that time that would have listened to him why was why did naaman get healed because naaman sought elisha out for healing, and no Jewish person did that it it's incredible and and Can I will say anything that? anything that was added during this sermon scene. Was added in a way that did not take away anything from the story. Did not add it anything to the story. It helped you understand the the narrative better. And yeah, added. It does not to compromise the the truth. Right. It was perfect. This is how mm-hmm. the chosen should be. When the chosen is really good, it is like this.
1: Right here it is. Right here it is. Yep.
0: So I agree. After Jesus claims that he is the law of Moses, everyone in the synagogue starts freaking out, and they drag Jesus out of the synagogue, and and Mary's terrified because she thinks this is it. This is the time that that she was warned about where she's going to lose her son, but Lazarus is there because Jesus told him to go over there and and restrain and comfort her the best he can, and he believes Jesus. And We also see just quick shots of of Mary and Martha, Lazarus's uh, sisters, and Mary is just as concerned as most of the other people. But if you look at Martha's face, she's on board that Jesus is the Messiah the whole time, which again will come <laughs> into play later on. But uh, they, they, they this angry mob leads Jesus out of the synagogue. And they they make this angry processional that leads Jesus out of Nazareth to the edge of a nearby cliff. And once again, Rabbi Benjamin is trying to give Jesus one more chance. Here's this guy that he knew since he was knee-high to a grasshopper, uh, who he taught his whole life about ready to be killed for blasphemy, or so he believes. He goes, just take back what you said one more time. We do not want to do this. But Jesus refuses to renounce. He's not going to mm-hmm. go back on his words because his word was the truth, and so the rabbi mm-hmm. condemns Jesus to death. And two men move to shove Jesus off the cliffside, and Jesus actually meets them halfway and just says firmly, "This isn't going to happen. Not yeah. today. Not today." And he just walks through the crowd, smiling, looking at the sky as he does. Now the text mm-hmm. says, "Scott, do you have the text? you have the, your Bible open?" I do. There? I have it. Yeah,
1: I have it pulled up right now. Uh, let me start reading here in, in Luke four twenty eight. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built, in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went his way. And I, before you comment on this, I want to say I, I, we bring this up. I brought this up Sunday, and I'm like, how did he escape all this? They were so. They were so angry. They're ready to put him to death by, by you know, Wall, the false prophet. All that is, is uh, uh, scriptural. And then Jenkins does this. And, and I don't, you know, I don't know if this is how it really happened. We don't know. But when you look at this person, it says, but he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. In this scene, literally, where you just ended, Jesus said, Not today. This isn't going to happen. Not today. And he literally just walked through the crowd. And I never thought in in, in, that's one of the things in some of these episodes, it opens up your eyes to see what maybe some other types of of thought or thinking would be for how things happen. In all of my imagination, Zach, I never thought of exactly what the text said that he Mm -hmm. just simply walked through the crowd.
0: Well, you know, I did. I haven't either, we've had this discussion even back in preaching school and stuff about, was it miraculous, like, the way that he yeah. did it? But now that I'm thinking about it, it couldn't have been miraculous, because he just said he wasn't going to perform miracles for him. Yeah. You know, he wasn't going to give him a sign and then leave. That wasn't, you know, that would have taken away from what he just said earlier. But, mm-hmm. I actually, the more I think about it, and I thought about this since I watched the episode, I, I, I... I think, in my own personal opinion, that this is probably what happened. Jesus is like... This might be the thing that makes the most sense. You're not going to throw me off this cliff. Now, here's the thing. Everybody's all angry and, and mad, and, you know, people can get emotions, but when you get right down to it, these people were Jesus' friends and family Yeah, that yeah. were about to push him off a cliff, and Jesus basically was like, you're not really going to kill me. And then he just not walked today. through, and nobody was going to stop him, because nobody... <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, they didn't agree with what he was saying. Yeah, they didn't believe he was the Messiah. Yeah, they were angry, but when push came to shove, none of them wanted to be the one that grabbed him and threw him off a cliff.
1: Yeah, and and the wild range of emotion as well. And to me, you're still just trying to, for them, you're still just trying to digest everything that he said, because the last thing on earth that you thought your ears were going to hear in synagogue that night was what Christ
0: Jesus said. Right. But Jesus does walk through the crowd, and he gets out of town. And then we see an emotional Jesus sitting by a pond. And then he flashes back to a time when his father, Joseph, is teaching him how to read. And Jesus remembers about Joseph telling him about emotions, and what it means when someone is broken hearted. And Joseph explains it just beautifully. Mm-hmm. Right? Who's broken hearted? Someone who needs help. And then we see Joseph teach the young Jesus how to swing a hammer. And I love this scene because Jesus mm-hmm. Joseph's like, I'm going to hold this hand or this nail and you can swing the hammer. And when Jesus goes to, to swing it, he hits the nail and Joseph goes, ah, and he grabs his hand. Jesus, <laughs> he throws the hammer.
1: It is, uh, it is like, a, like a good dad should, playing with it's, his son.
0: Right, it's funny to scare your kids. Uh, but <laughs> I'm into so, therapy. I mean, folks, there's a level. There's right. a level. As long as you you give him some love afterwards and tell him it was a joke. Yeah. yeah. But uh, to apologize for his joke, Joseph decides that it's time to give Jesus the box. Mm-hmm. And he opens it up, and he explains that inside of the box is the bridle for a mule. And apparently, this bridle has been passed down from generation to generation throughout Joseph's family, and that it originated with one of the Hebrews who fled from Egypt. And it was a symbol in their family uh, for them to remember their bondage, But more importantly, how God freed them. And his dad used to joke with Joseph that they also saved it because, who knows, maybe the owner might need it someday. And even though Joseph knows that Jesus isn't his own son, Joseph tells him that he still considers being his father the greatest gift that he's ever been given. And I cried like a baby during this scene. Mm Mm-hmm. Because not only am I thinking of my own kids, but we sometimes, because Joseph's in the gospel stories for so little, just basically Mm -hmm. during that that first scene of Jesus' birth, and then he likely died by the time Jesus started his ministry, but we forget what a great man he really was.
1: Right off the bat, to not put Mary away. Is the Bible states.
0: Well, not only that, but even after that, Mary had kids with Joseph. His own flesh and blood. And yet we have no inclination from the scriptures that Joseph treated Jesus anything other than Mm -hmm. his son. Mm -hmm. And that's incredible to me. So after the flashback, we see that Jesus is actually standing outside of Joseph's tomb. And he's mourning the loss of his earthly father. And then Lazarus escorts Mama Mary in his bag that Jesus left behind in town uh, to the tomb. And Jesus pulls the bridle out of the bag. And he hugs his mother, explaining that he had to say what he did, that it was time To kickstart God's plan, and Mama Mary understands, but what she really wants to know is why Jesus chose to meet at Joseph's tomb. And Jesus simply says that he wanted to see it one last time. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, Jesus and Mama Mary both know they reached the point of no return. That Jesus' time on this earth is quickly coming to an end granted it's still going to take four more seasons which means four more years but in real life <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah in short time word i mean really and if you think about the entire ministry of Christ three years it's not that long
0: no lazarus just wants to know what the bridal is for jesus yeah. smiles at him and says You'll know soon enough. And I go, you're going to oh use God. it on the donkey when you ride out of yep. Bethany, Jesus. We all know. We all know that. <laughs> we know Brian what's store. coming. We know what's coming. We know. Silly <laughs> goose. Best episode of The Chosen so far is this episode. So can I talk about that for a second? No, we're I done wanna, talking. I wanna, I wanna, we're done wanna, talking. No more talking. Show's <laughs> over.
1: Nothing else. Shut it up. I uh, So, so Zach and I talked yesterday evening and uh zach had sent me a message you were early in the show right right i got early like the eight show minutes
0: you, in when jesus said last yeah,
1: couple comments about the uh uh you know last and those kind of things and and you know we we talked for a couple minutes and because i hadn't watched it yet and then uh i get the message from you later on and you're like best episode of the chosen yet so i watched it last night and went through it and uh you'd mentioned to me that you'd cried in, in mm-hmm. when you had sent that message. And so when I went through it, I, I got to the end. And of course, when that was going on with Joseph and Jesus, my thought was, yeah, I bet this is where, where Zach cried at because it was very touching, very emotional. And, and the, the, the episode totally redeemed itself um, with, with the start. The start was very slow in this, but you can't, you can't beat the finish. But, what I want to come to is I, I didn't cry uh, at that scene with Joseph and Jesus. Not that I wasn't moved by it, but I know last week's episode, I, I cried twice. And we talked a little bit about the scene that you thought was overly emotional. And uh, I, I went back and I, I watched that again. And, and the only thought I could have is, and bear with me as I say this, because I want to try to point something out. I like last week's episode better than I did this this week's episode, but I want to say I couldn't live off the difference of of what those two were. But I got to thinking about it, and this is this is how how Jesus in so many ways worked. I think about the scene that really really moved me. It was about a man who had a health issue, and I think about and I think for me, I put myself into that position, knowing I have a couple health issues, and I have. I have, you know, close family members that have gotten very old now that have health issues that we have we've talked about our health issues and what may or may not take our life and and that time that will be to come. And then when I saw the episode last night, the most recent where the the, the episode three and I saw Joseph and Jesus, I thought, yeah, that's where that's where Zach uh I I, I thought I bet that's where Zach uh, got very tearful and it's 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 an incredible incredible scene and I thought about you know jesus jesus us Jesus touches us where we are in our life and and that's not that's not to take anything away from from any scenes that we see in the chosen, but it's interesting how people can relate to Jesus because of different things that he has done and how we can see some of the same things, but it comes through different experiences that we can Relate to in the episodes
0: of the Chosen. Here's my argument to why you're wrong, and that this week's episode oh, about really about last week's. last
1: week's being better. Okay,
0: two two reasons. In this uh-huh. episode, there was no Quintus, and in this <laughs> week's episode, there was no Mary Magdalene. So no right Mary there, those family. two, yep. no guys. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, so far, okay. our favorite our favorite episode was the episode where Jesus was with the kids, right? I've, the got kids. A, yeah, I've got it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, and again, I've got three. Uh, the kids last week,
1: and this week, too. This week is an outstanding episode. Right. I mean, and to be well, honest with you, I wouldn't want to put any of them one, two, three. I'd put them all one, one, one.
0: The only reason I'm know, putting I put this one ahead of the kids is because uh, the kids' one isn't scriptural. I mean, it, they didn't do anything wrong. But it was all speculation. There wasn't a verse that you could go to to see that they're following it. But I'm telling you, when The Chosen focuses on Jesus and picks a passage from the Bible to bring to life, it thrives. It is fantastic. I'm telling you, if you're a preacher out there listening, why? But if you're a preacher out there listening and you haven't watched The Chosen, just go watch this episode. I'm telling you, you'll have a sermon for Sunday. Yeah. You you can preach what The Chosen taught on Luke 4. Mm Mm-hmm. And it would be a pretty powerful sermon. Very much. But Very much. I'm done talking about The Chosen for a week, man. I'm ready to I'm ready to wrap it up. <laughs> we need to decompress. But listen, we can't wrap up till you tell me some joke. Oh, I know. But come back next week. And unless my computer implodes all of my recordings, then we'll have uh, Season 3, Episode 4 for you. We're halfway through this season, thank goodness. Because I just watched a documentary on Waco that I can't wait to talk about. All uh, oh, cool. So, uh, before we go, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you haven't already subscribed, please do wherever you're listening to this. If you're listening to us on iTunes, give us five stars and say hi. And uh, don't forget, I, I still don't know if if this will work, but if you know Andy Robertson, make sure you share this with him and send it to him. Don't do this. Don't do that. Please just don't do. do that. Just just share it with him. Just let him know. Please st- just please let don't. them know. Just let them know what we're doing, and I would appreciate that. Now it is oh, time to man. go, but before we go, uh hey Scott. <laughs> yes, Zach. I want to start my own um, honey business, so I got the hives all set up, and I went to a store that sells bees, and I went in there and I asked the clerk, "I need listen, I need a dozen bees." So I watched her count them out one, two, three, and she counted out thirteen bees into a bag and hand it to me. I said, hold on a second, there, that's one too many. You know what the clerk said? He said, don't worry about it. It's a freebie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> it's a freebie <laughs> All right. I gotta pee. <laughs> good night everybody. <laughs> I'll talk to you later man. Hey, good episode. That was that was a good one today. It was a serious one. You're listening to watch it or watch it. Your dad can be the my dad.